Hey, welcome back to another video. And today we're going to go ahead and discuss some myths, particularly um, we're going to go through 21 myths within 21 videos. Uh, and it's going to be all the myths of nutrition and uh, dietetics uh, for 2021, I believe. Uh, yeah. So this is off again, examine.com. That's what we're going with for all of our information and studies. So today, myth number one is protein bad for you. And particularly is too much protein bad for you? And, and what is too much protein? And where did this even come from? Like why, why was this uh, told to us that protein's bad? So first off, <clears throat> We'll uh, go into really how much protein should you intake uh, for someone who is physical or is, um, is physically active, uh, exercises, trying to maintain or grow uh, muscle, um, maybe reducing the risk of type two diabetes, trying to become more insulin sensitive, or even reducing the risk of type three diabetes, which is Alzheimer's. Uh, we want to try to aim for 0.8. Uh, to one gram of protein per pound of body weight. So typically you'll see it like kilograms and all these studies, uh, but we're gonna go with pounds. And it's interesting because uh, a lot of the studies that are telling us too much protein is bad, or giving us this number of protein that we shouldn't take. It's usually with participants that have pre-existing conditions of renal issues. So they are either in stage one, two, three, renal failure. Um, maybe they have a high GFR number. So that's your glomular filtration rate that you can get from your uh, blood work. Or they might have a high creatinine level. So it's a lot of these uh, studies have participants that are already uh, put in a bad situation for a really high protein consumption because they're also comparing it to people who intake like two to three grams of protein per pound of body weight, which is they're, they're going to two different uh, ends of the spectrum, right? <clears throat> so we want to bring it closer to, to the middle for the, uh, for the average consumer, right? For the average person, uh, average gym goer, average parent, and um, find out what is going to help you maintain functionality and maintain lean muscle mass, cognitive function and such, right? So... Uh, the first studies I actually found were from Harvard, and they were, this is back in 2013, so obviously we've learned some stuff since then, but they are saying that they recommend uh, 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body. So that means someone who weighs 140 pounds, that uh, you should only intake 51 grams of protein. Uh, as far as like the background of these, these individuals that they were studying, it didn't give any information. Um, it was like 1,400 women, and they didn't say if they had pre-existing conditions or not, or they were on medications, how physically active they were, what was their lean body mass, because you can be obese or even overweight at 140. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really your ratio of how much lean muscle mass do you have compared to white adipose tissue or fat, right? So that's the first study, and I think it, since it comes from Harvard, it kind of sticks out to a lot of people. And that's also where a lot of our academia comes from for the medical field. Uh, but again, let's preference the medical doctors, although they are great at operations and surgery and such uh, and, and um, observation, 
but they are terrible at nutrition. They're terrible at uh, physiology and how nutrition and how supplements or um, the biochemistry, how it actually is metabolized by the body. They don't really go through classes for that. They go through, they go through classes to help with, again, uh, prescribing medication and then also just being um, good, uh, good at their crafts, right? So surgery. Um, and so the other website that we usually uh, get a lot of uh, research and studies from pubmed.gov. So the effects of high protein diets on kidney health and longevity. Uh, again, they're using people who are going to be um, uh, kind of at risk for kidney disease, right? So CKD, it's usually what you read in, in the studies. And uh, they, they don't give in this specific one, like a recommended value because, which is smart because everyone's so dependent on how much uh, protein that they would need. Cause it should be based on your um, lean body mass should be based on your physical activity, um, height, weight, GFR number and GFR numbers. Again, you, when you get those, you'll see different parameters within the blood work and it's based on, you know, um, race, ethnicity, sex, age. So they always change. So it's not, this is the, you know, you know, this is like, for, say for example, like testosterone, it's not like between 200 and 800. Uh, that, that's not, this, this one's, a GFR is, is a moving scale. It's a sliding scale, right? And it's a lot of different variables. <clears throat> However, um, what, what I, I find to be the most efficacious amount of protein, uh, again, we're gonna use pounds, not kilograms, is one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Why do we choose that? Because A, it's um, easy to remember and easy to calculate. So if you weigh 200 pounds, try to shoot for 200 grams of protein. Does it matter the source of protein? Not really. Uh, by the end of the day, if you're eating whole foods and maybe a shake here and there, you should be getting a plenty amount of, uh, of uh, amino acids and a good ratio of amino acids in the body to stimulate muscle growth, to stimulate biochemical reactions within the body because protein is needed for every uh, building block within our body. It does everything down to our DNA. Um, amino acids make up our DNA, right? So, um, but you, I assume that the people that are watching this are gonna be wanting to either build muscle, maintain muscle, lose body fat, and that's where uh, having this higher protein as the main um, foundation, or I guess as a foundation for your diet, it, it's going to help you with uh, all the, the other parameters. So if we have our protein at one gram per pound of body weight, um, which you can use MyFitnessPal app, you can do the algorithms to figure out like, how much um, calories you should be intaking. We set that protein as um, as a number that we're not going to change. So it's an it's not tangible, right? So we're always going to hit that. We are going to manipulate the fats and carbs to hit our calorie need. Okay. So like I said in the previous video, it's not calories king. You know, calories in versus calories out. That's good. That's a number, but those calories are made up of our macronutrients, right? So it's not one or the other, it's them all used together. It's gonna to give you the best results. Um, the 
Okay, so the other, uh, the, the other um, like conclusions in the study were saying that uh, as we age, uh, our body will, you know, breaking down food, breaking down calories, it's a, it's a very metabolically stressful environment. So that's what can cause rapid aging, uh, which is why we usually see people who uh, live longer, they eat less, right? So like in other countries, they eat like one meal a day, so OMAD, or they do a lot of intermittent fasting, but then also they are physically active. So is it the diet, the less eating, or is it the being physically active that's keeping their body uh, healthy and, and keeping them living longer? Uh, so we do know that, uh, at least in our culture, in the Western uh, society, we have an issue with osteoporosis, osteopenia, a lot of bone um, loss within our, our older generation. Uh, and that's mainly due to lack of physical activity or increased consumption of processed foods and then decreasing their consumption of protein because maybe they don't have an appetite or, um, or they maybe on other medications that are not causing them to have enough uh, acid in their stomach to break down the protein. And then they don't like eating protein because they feel lethargic or they feel like they can't eat more. Now, with all those given variables, uh, we, we do, we see uh, a greater, um, a, a less of a risk of Alzheimer's, bone loss, uh, loss of lean muscle mass in individuals who stay active were, um, and who keep mobility and, um, and stay, have that muscular function. We see less of all that. Uh, we see less of Alzheimer's. We see them have a very high protein consumption, uh, typically from ruminous animals. So that's going to give you the majority of amino acids and micronutrients that your body needs because we are made of muscle. We want to eat muscle, right? <clears throat> it's, it's meant for us. And they also typically shoot for, you know, one gram of protein per pound of body weight. And so it's just going to be a good idea to implement that into your, your diet. So that's the very um, beginning of your diet journey or your, your weight loss journey or muscle building journey is focusing on how much of the protein that you need. So as far as it causing issues with kidneys, so causing an increase in GFR, an increase in creatinine levels, this like uh, examine.com shows this myth has been debunked. And again, it's because people have pre-existing conditions or they're on medications that cause kidney issues because sometimes drugs, they're not only metabolized and filtered through the liver, they're, a lot of them are metabolized and filtered through the kidneys. So you're putting extra stress on the kidneys. So is it the protein or is it the actual medications? Um, or is it your diabetes that is causing this? Is it causing fluid retention? Is it causing um, some issues with your aldosterone with uh, fluid balance, right? With the sodium potassium levels and phosphorus and calcium. So uh, it's not the protein. It's the lifestyle that we're choosing now of eating less protein and increasing sugar foods or and, and con in conjunction with fats and then the lack of physical activity. That's really what's causing the issue. Um, so I think that's... I think that's pretty much it. So that's the myth that's been debunked. If there's any issue with GFR numbers going up or with uh, creatinine levels going up, 
I mean, there might be another underlying issue, but I highly doubt that it's going to be because of protein. If you're eating one gram of protein per pound of body weight, I would say if you really want to test the waters, why not try eating two grams of protein per pound of body weight and go get your blood uh, tested like a month later or two months later and see really what happens. Um, that's, you know, if you want to play guinea pig with yourself, that's the way that I would go about. And then you can assess how much protein that you actually need. But we've also heard from other um, athletes where they start eating a lower protein. Uh, so like maybe 0.7 to 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight. But then they also eat more carbohydrates because carbs give you energy as you do your athletic performance, but then they're also protein sparing. So you don't have to eat as much. Um, but some of them actually came back and said that they felt like their recovery has been hindered. And so whether they increase consumption of protein through a protein powder, which is, that's really what we wanted to supplement with, or through in a branch chain and essential amino acids, something that's very complex that can help with recovery, either one of those, but your protein is always going to be king again, because of the amino acid profile within it, it's going to help with that recovery. And so they will usually go back to one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Um, I mean, for example, look at all the people that are going vegan who are athletes, they put their body and their muscles on meat. And then they switch to vegan and they start getting injured or they don't perform well, they lose recovery, they're, you know, lethargic. And so it, it just, it, it dampers their performance, right? So it's silly to eat less protein, uh, like, like what they're recommending, silly to eat point eight grams of protein per kilogram of body weight like that's just that's absurd it's ridiculous uh, unless you have some stage of, uh, renal failure then that's where you'd work with a sports nutritionist in my opinion not a dietetic not a doctor um, because again they really don't know uh, a sports nutritionist someone who understands the physiology and the breakdown and metabolism of proteins and nutrients within the body. Um, that's it, I'm leaving it there. And I think that's that's it gonna be for the first myth bust of 2021. All right guys, 